What's up? Hey, everybody. What's up? How are you today? And you've responded, and we're doing well, too. My name's Micah McCaw. My name's Jordan McCaw. And we're the hosts of the McCaw Podcast Universe. <laughs> we exist to prove people wrong when they say sequels Se- are never better than the originals. I'll never get to say it. You get to say the other thing. I got. I did say it one time, yes. Uh, and uh, this is the podcast where we go through franchises, one movie at a time, and we explore the good, the bad, and the ugly of it all. See our last series to really hear about that, because we covered the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. That's for them, in case they forgot. Um, and right now, you voted on it, so you got it. It's your number one franchise <laughs> of the year. It's X-Men. We're finally doing X-Men. We're doing all 13. We're doing the Wolverines. You chose them. We have to watch them against our will. Against our will, but... Kidding. Who knows? Maybe maybe we're going to have some hits. It's possible. But we did X-Men 1 yesterday, and now we're doing X2. You mean last week? Or yeah, that's what I meant. Now we're on X two, which has some, di- you know, it's like X two or X two X Men United. I think it goes by different titles in different regions, but X two, and this movie is, I'm gonna say. So sometimes Jordan and I, when we watch a movie, we immediately have to talk about it, even though we're not on mic. We have not talked about this movie at all since we watched it. I think we probably went to bed after watching it. Here's what I'm going to say, which could surprise you. I think this movie's great. Okay. And I, I, I remember this one being the one that really stood out of the few X-Men movies that I've seen. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, the Logan stuff was cool. Yeah. In particular. That's what stuck with me. Um, and I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And I, I definitely thought it was the best of the original three. And uh, watching it the other night, I'm like, this movie's really good. I think, oh, and I remember the Nightcrawler scene sticking with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nightcrawler is probably, I mean, sweeping statement, coolest Marvel character ever created. Ever created. Every created. Every created. Uh, I, Nightcrawler was my fave even when I was a kid. And I remember watching this movie on TV as a kid, and that opening scene <laughs> just sticks in my memory. Gosh, he's so flipping cool. Yeah. I mean, my if I could have a superpower, I always say I would like telekinesis. I think that'd be sweet. Yeah. But in seeing Nightcrawler stuff, I think I've changed my tune. I would love. I know, it's really cool. I would love anything Nightcrawler. I mean, he has a freaking tail. I'll take it all. I'll yeah. take the teeth and the, the claws. I'll take it freaking all. He's so cool. And I remember watching He's the cartoon. He's cool in the comic books, too. In the cartoon, he was so cool, too. He was my fave, too. Oh, you watched, like, the 90s animated show? Uh, I remember random... Yeah, I don't... It must have been... I'm wondering if it'd be on, like, Cartoon Network or something. I think it would have been on Fox, probably. Oh, that's random. But, yeah, I remember watching it, and yeah. Nightcrawler was my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember him being German. <laughs> yeah, definitely German. Definitely Catholic. Yeah. That's a big part of his story. Um, I, I Yeah, he's such a cool character. He's, he's the best. Incredible. That's what makes this movie good for me. Other than that, I think, like, the story is all cool and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but I, man, I had the hardest time not falling asleep during this movie. Really? And it was okay. A, it was a me thing. Okay. I, I think it's just, this is my life for, for a season. Yeah, yeah. You're I'm trying to a, get acclimated. Yeah. Well, I saw something... Um, you know, I was looking through uh, when I finish a movie. All the people I follow on Letterbox, I usually read their their little reviews on the movies mm-hmm. I watch because that's fun for me. And um, so I was I was reading a review of someone who is a reviewer of movies, and um, I think his name is Matt Singer. I think 
Um, and anyway, he mentioned how this movie was the first time a comic book movie really showed what it could do in this landscape, like in a in a moving pictures way. Because like the he and he mentioned the he cited the Nightcrawler scene where it's like you couldn't read that in a comic book and it wouldn't have the same oh, effect. Okay. And so that's why he was like, I think this is one of the best of the superhero movies like ever because it's it's the first time that someone really tapped into like we can do things that you can't do in comic books. And and I think it's a good example because I I really feel like all of the action sequences in this movie really hit pretty hard in a way that feels like. Yeah, you can't read it on a page. Oh, cool. And and I and I think that's one of the many reasons why this movie stands up still today. Um, it's still standing. Yeah, like the TV show. Um, There's a show called Still Standing. Yeah. What? CBS show. Yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, it had, I think, it had the classic thing where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm married, and would you believe this? Oh, she's a woman. It's one of it's a sitcom. Yeah, and then and then she's like, uh, I'm married too, and would you believe this? He's a man. He likes sports. And, and, and we're back to back on the cover, arms crossed, husband and wife, still, still standing. standing. Yeah, and I think the main character wore a baseball cap. Well, now I know, gotta know who's in it. Yeah, it's probably maybe no one you would recognize because I think they were all only in that television show. There are two different still standing shows. Okay. Let's look at the 2002 one. I think that could be a no. That that sounds right. That guy looks familiar. Mark Addy. I'm I'm pulling it up as well. Hmm. Oh, it, it'd definitely be the 2002 one. Oh yeah yeah yeah. This is definitely the one. Let's see what's here's the plot. Bill and Judy are not your average parents. The kids are the responsible ones. What's this 2015 one? Comedian actor. Okay. <laughs> You're um, just going to stop? That's just about stand-up. That's not very interesting to me. <laughs> the premise of it. Well, uh, neither is the other one. Yeah, that's true, too. But I think they were on the same block as, like, King of Queens. I think they were, like, wow. back-to-back. Back prime, back. prime TV. Yeah, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get some viewers if you're around King of Queens. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I really... And I feel like the plot and story of this movie is really good. And yeah. it really starts tapping into the like phobia world of like if there were mutants and like the allegory of that works a lot better in this movie. Um, you know, the other movie feels a little slapdash. Yeah. This, this one feels like, and I am such a sucker for teaming up with the bad guy. Then the fact that they have to team up with Magneto. Rules. Oh, that's always so cool to me. And then I, I always love, cause it's like, you know, when it ends, they're going to fulfill their motivations. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this one is really good. Um, another thing that I really noted, and we have talked about this a lot when we cover Marvel movies, and I think DC as well, is is we're at this point where there are so many superhero movies, and there's so many people with powers. And sometimes I feel this way even reading comic books. There are so many powers, therefore no one has any powers. Yep. And so you're having like cosmic fights, and it's like, oh, this person shoots rays, that are purple, and this person shoots rays that are gold. Yeah. But you you look at that, and you're like, but, huh? Like, it's fine, but but it, it doesn't have as much of an impact. And I think what this movie does really good, and, and I kind of wish we could go back to it in a way, is, like, Pyro shoots fire. When he shoots fire, it it's a his strength, and you know his weakness. Uh, you know, Iceman shoots ice. 
it's the same, you know, it's like yeah. they all have these very specific things, and the movie does a really good job of being like, this is their power, this is their strength, and this is their weakness. Yeah. So the whole time, you're like tracking with the power sets, and you understand the hierarchy yeah. of power. Yeah. And I think that's pretty essential to having like a team movie mm-hmm. where you have not just one main character. Right. But I, I think nowadays it's kind of lost. It's just like mm-hmm. every character can kind of do anything if they need to. Yeah, I mean, it, in a in a way, what what's better, what what I think is better about today is it is obviously more character driven. Not that these aren't; these are pretty developed characters yeah. and everything, and they all develop by the end of the movie. But I feel like future or current ones are are just more concerned about the human within the superpowers. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I but I would say that this one is right up there. Like this movie in particular is right up there with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so we have this landscape where of the modern, modern super, you know, we got Superman, we got Batman, and then they make uh, X-Men in 2000, they make Spider-Man in 2002, and then in May, Ang Lee's The Hulk comes out of 2003. Um, Did you ever see that movie? Hmm. Wait. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the Edward Norton one. No, no, uh, I I'm, I'm I messed up. So oh, the Eric Bana one. Yeah. No, I've never seen that. So th- this movie comes out in May, actually, and then Hulk comes out in June. Oh, okay. So we're like we're at like the wow. first attempt. That's a lot. Yeah, at like superhero movies, really yeah. making an attempt. And would you believe that the other night when you were at Lawrence's house, I didn't even tell you this, but I watched the Hulk after not watching it in years. Wait, I thought you watched another movie. I did not. I watched, oh, well, I guess it's just called to me? Hulk. I didn't, you never asked what I watched, so I thought I'll tell you on mic. Hmm. So and I watched Hulk, and um, that is a movie that people didn't like when it came out, and has since, there, there's a quiet contingency of people that kind of say, like, it's actually really good, and it's more of a, a methodical look at a Freudian father-son relationship than it is a Hulk movie. And so I was like, okay, when I saw it when I was a kid, I liked it. But I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna like really get this movie. I'm sorry to say it's just pretty boring. Really? Yeah, I, I kinda was just playing chess on my phone once I'd watched like an hour and yeah. I paused it and I was like, There's an hour and fifteen minutes left. Yes. But there is some cool stuff in it. Yeah. Um but all that to say we are at the beginning of like when all of film history is gonna change to superheroes forever. Yeah. <laughs> or what it seems like anyway. Um, but yeah, so should I jump into the We're talking about Alan Cummings first. Oh, okay. Because Nightcrawler's that cool. I thought of Alan Moore when you said that, and I was like, whoa, what weird story are you about to say? No, Alan Moore is not associated with any of this. No. Um, so he's also in, wait a second, let me just make sure, (laughs) he is in Spy Kids, right? Because when I was a kid, I got him mixed up with another actor all the time. But you're sure when did that movie come out? Well, he's in Eyes Wide Shut. Oh. Um, he is in Third Rock from the Sun, an episode of that. Um, oh yeah, he is in Spy Kids. Vegan Floop. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love that movie. Um, but yeah, he's in like a lot of popular shows, like ones I previously said, as well as like Sex in the City, um, Spy Kids Two. Nicholas Wait, is it, is it Sex In or Sex And? And I, it is Sex And. Okay. Um. And then. He's in the Garfield movie. 
He's in Son of the Mask. I feel like I'm only reading bad ones. <laughs> but this guy is active. Is he doing anything? Like, what has he done recently? Let's see. <clears throat> He's in Schmigadoon, which is a show about the end of the world, I think. Okay, sounds a couple on a bad. This has Keegan Michael Key and Cecily Strong from SNL. A couple on a backpacking trip discovers a magical town in which everyone acts like they're in a classical musical. Oh wait, I have seen commercials and it looked pretty funny actually. Really? Yeah. Um, And then he does a lot of voice acting, a lot. Okay. So he's in a lot of kids shows as well. And is he good in this movie? In what movie? X two. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. He's really good. I am curious how long his makeup took. I can try and look that up while you. Well, um, is it Alan or Alex? I'm sorry. Alan. A L A N. Aaron Stanford plays Pyro. Um, He is also in 12 Monkeys, the show. Nikita, The Hills Have Eyes, Westworld, um, FBI Most Wanted, and a lot of other shows, as well as Horse Girl. Interesting. Nice. Nice. Kelly Hu plays Yuriko. Oh, they cut off her name. Oyama something. Hold on. Oh, okay. Yuriko Oyama. Um, she is Brian Cox's like uh, right-hand person with the nails. Oh, yes, yes. She is also in the tournament. The Scorpion King. Uh, wait. The Scorp- Yep, the Scorpion King. Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, and a lot of voice acting as well. And I don't know how intense, how in-depth I should go here. Um, I mean, well, we have talked about Brian Cox because of Manhunter when he played yeah. Hannibal Lecter. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we're just going to stop there then. Well, uh, as I was trying to look up the makeup for Alan Cumming, uh, he... I didn't find a time, but I did see articles that were the headlines were just like Alan Cumming talks about how abusive the set was. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it said he said he would go home crying. Oh my god! And he said he said all the actors talked to the studio about how abusive the set was. Yeah, and how bad it was working on this movie. And this movie still got made. And the studio was like, "Don't worry about it. You'll you'll make money because this is going to be a huge hit. It's just a couple more weeks." So as as we talked about last week, it seems like the studio had no interest in being morally upstanding, which studios don't tend to do that. Corporations yeah. don't really act morally, typically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it sounds like they were like, okay, you lodge a complaint. I don't care. Just Gosh. put on your makeup and do your job. Yeah, being here for like five hours. I'm sure it took longer than that to put on his makeup. Yeah. So anyway... That, that was something I read. So this, again, is directed by super creep Brian Singer. Uh, the screenplay is by Michael Doherty, who did... Uh, he was the director of Godzilla, King of Monsters, and he wrote Superman Returns as well. Uh, it's also screenplay by Dan Harris, who wrote Superman Returns, uh, the first X-Men... Or, and uh, the movie X-Men Apocalypse. And then also screenplay by David Hayter, who we talked about last week. Uh, the story is by David... Uh, Hater and Brian Singer, Super Creep Brian Singer, and then Zach Penn, who did uh, the story for Ready, or he did the screenplay for Ready Player One, Incredible Hulk. So we talked about him on our second episode ever, and X Men: The Last Stand. Uh, cinematography is by Newton Thomas Sigel, who we talked about last week. 
The music is by John Ottman, who did Halloween H2O, The Cable Guy, Fantastic Four, X-Men Apocalypse. There's a Halloween H2O? Yeah, because it was 20 years after the original, and they got Jamie Lee Curtis back, and that was a big deal. a bunch of water? I don't know, but it was like Halloween 20, H20, or H2O. Oh, oh. Yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. Apparently, it's one of the worst ones. And uh, it, it's funny because it's – I remember when they marketed the new Halloween movie, the the David Gordon Green movie, it was like, we got Jamie Lee Curtis back. This is crazy. But I guess that's happened at least one other time, but maybe twice so in the franchise. So people like, we know – it's fine. We don't yeah. care. So, like, she probably won't play that character again, but it's like, I don't know. She's come back to do it, I think, two other times. So, anyway – uh, the movie comes out May 2nd, 2003, domestically makes 214, worldwide 407, and it's on a $110 million budget. So, this I found funny. It's the classic thing we talk about that's annoying that film directors always say when they make a sequel. What do they always say, Jordan? I don't know. They say, we looked to what movie because we wanted to make a sequel? Godfather 2. Uh, close. Well, not really close, but uh, same kind of thing. The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, duh. <laughs> um, but I, I will say in what they said about it, I agree. They said, like that movie, all split apart, like all the characters are split apart, dissected, and revelations occur that are significant. Okay. That's just a thing. I, I mean, yeah, Empire Strikes Back was not the first movie to do that. I know. But I know franchises weren't a thing yet. It's just a it's a good thing to say. It's annoying to say at this point because everyone said it when they make a sequel, but it's a good thing because it makes fans be like, "Oh, that means it's it'll be better than the first one." You okay. Know? But it's kind of stupid when people say it. James Cameron didn't say it about Avatar 2. And people are still comparing it to Empire Strikes Back. That's true. According to you. <laughs> um Hater and Penn both wrote two separate scripts and then they combined them, like the best parts of each. Mhm. So I'd imagine one probably was writing a script about Wolverine, and then the other one was writing like the team and uh, uh, Xavier, Xavier with with Magneto and and then that child, and then they were like, oh, let's combine them, which worked. And then Hader and Singer work on another script together after that one, and then Doherty and Harris rewrite the script. So it goes through some changes, but it but it's not quite like last week's episode uh-huh. where it was like total rewrite it seems like they were just honing it in um and then the characters angel and beast were cut again they were supposed to be in the last one who's angel angel has big giant angel wings really yep okay he's pretty cool um who plays him uh is he in later movies he's in the next movie oh, i think okay. it opens with him oh then i wouldn't cutting off his that. wings Oh, Which I re- that's familiar. I remember as a kid, I was like, this is cool. I don't know how I'll feel about it this time. Mm. And then Hank McCoy, Beast, is actually in this movie. He's in the news conference, not as Beast. But he, but they didn't have, like, Beast in this movie. But you know who's going to play him in the next movie? Like, is he being introduced to the fr- reintroduced to the franchise? Yeah. Uh, give me a hint. And he's in full makeup. And you know what Beast looks like, wait, right? Wait, wait, He's I the big like blue guy. Holt, Holt was Beast. So Nicholas Holt plays Beast in the new X Men movies. Okay, but is he is he not in full makeup? Holt, um, I think so. 
I can't really remember, but in in the next movie we're going to watch, X-Men The Last Stand. Wait, they, Ty Sheridan. Didn't we already talk about this? No, no, no. No, oh. Ty Sheridan plays Cyclops right, in right. the new movies. It's not a young person, but in X-Men The Last Stand, there is someone who is beast, like fully beast. That that is, and it's not a young person. It's not a young. It, is it that is a strange? Is that a wild. strange choice? It's it is one of the wildest choices. Why I've would they ever... choose? Like, how old are we talking? When they shot the movie, uh, probably in his late thirties or early forties. Uh-huh. I mean, now he's probably like fifty or sixty, maybe older. Wait, so this is a movie that already came out. What? What are you talking about? I've I've. <laughs> When did this movie come out? This movie came out in 2002. Not, not 2003. this one. I'm not talking about this movie. What about a, the future movie you're talking about? Oh, oh, The Last Stand? That would have been 2005, I think. I don't know. Just I'm so lost. Just tell me who it is. I actually didn't mean to string it along like that. Um, it's Kelsey Grammer is Beast in the <laughs> next one. <laughs> <movie. laughs> what the F? That's so dumb. Yeah, Why? he's... I don't know. Wait, okay, wait. But in which movie? The next one we're going to watch. The next movie, Kelsey Grammer's in it. And he has Beast in full no, blue makeup no, and everything. No effing way. Which is just funny. So I find it extra funny because uh, Paul F. Tompkins, a comedian whom we love. He was not in his late 30s in the early 2000s, by the way. No? I Would he be earlier or later? Much. I think he'd be older. Okay. I think he'd definitely be in his 40s, 40s by okay. then. At, at least. Yeah. Um, but Paul F. Tompkins did this, like, I think it was unaired show with Kelsey Grammer called Kelsey Grammer presents the sketch show. And apparently Kelsey Grammer was just kind of a nightmare to work with. Well, that, that's not just a Paul F. Tompkins thing. Cause you said him, right? He worked yep. on the show that I've, that's a uh, common knowledge about Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Paul F. Tompkins jokingly always refers to it as Kelsey Grammer resents the sketch show uh-huh. and he was just never around. And then he would just like change stuff that they rehearsed to insert himself into it in weird ways. Uh-huh. All of that to say, uh, it's just imagining that man who he's describing sitting down to get full makeup as Beast to be in like two scenes of X-Men The Last Stand is wild to mm. me. They probably paid him so much money. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, so we're going to be talking about Kelsey Grammer next week. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so Angel and Beast are cut. Um, they did rewrites to this movie to feature Halle Berry more because she had just won an Oscar. Oh, okay. Um, and then once again, the Sentinels and Danger... Wait, wait, wait. What does she want an Oscar for? Um, is it Monster Ball, I think is the name of the movie? Monster Ball? Monster's Ball. Okay, I'm <laughs> looking that up. I think it was a bit before my time. I... I know I know people don't know I'm recording, but I would prefer it if I didn't receive any texts right now because we're trying to record. So stop texting me, everybody. I'm trying to buy you some time, Jordan. I, I don't want to edit in here. Um, Monster's Ball. Monster's Ball. What after, is the plot of this movie? After a family tragedy, a racist prison guard reexamines his attitudes while falling in love with the African-American wife of the last prisoner he executed. That is a complicated movie. <laughs> Whoa, I've never heard of this movie. Oh, it's Billy Bob. Is the director or no? Is the like the lead? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So I didn't know that she won an Oscar. She did, and then I think the next movie she came out with was Catwoman. I think. Oh, which kind of ruined her career, honestly. Right? Is that the next movie? Oh, me, I don't know. Let me double check here. 
Hallie? Are you still on the line, Hallie? <laughs> Scrolling. Let's see. X Sorry, I'm bad at filling space. X-Men Swordfish. Oh, what an awful movie. Gosh, that movie was a joke. Then Monsters Ball, Die Another Day, X-Men 2, and then Catwoman. She's in a Die Hard movie? A movie called Gothica. I'm sorry, Die Another Day. No, that's what I said. That's a, a James Bond movie. Okay, I thought maybe that would have been a Die Hard movie. No, my dear. You should know all the Die Hard titles by heart. I don't. Die Hard 1, Die Hard 2, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Die Hard, or Live Free or Die Hard, uh, uh, A Good Day to Die Hard. Okay. <laughs> uh, so then um, they also had to cut a little bit of footage because the movie got an R rating. Because Logan, when, when the guards attacked, it was just too violent. I doubt it. Yeah, it's probably fine. Yeah. Especially by today's violent standards. Yeah. Um, but here's, here's something that I wanted to say. This is another thing that goes into my experience with this movie. Was when I was a kid, this came out. So 2003, I would have been a third grader. And um, Shane O'Hara, uh, past guest on the pod, uh, he had an Xbox lunchbox. And it was Xbox, I mean, (laughs) X-Men, X-Men lunchbox. And it was kind of like, whoa, because there, there was something about the way they advertise this movie from my recollection, at least as a child. They obviously marketed to kids if he has a lunchbox. Yeah. But there was something about it. And maybe it's like Wolverine looking so intense that made me think like, oh, this is like adult stuff. Yeah. And maybe that's because, you know, I was like a total softy, but so it was kind of like, whoa, there's a kid at school. And he was a new kid. That was like when he first started going there. And it was like, this guy's walking around with an X-Men lunchbox. And I talked to him about it. And he he was talking about how there was – this is what I remember. But my memory may be failing me because I was trying to find it and I couldn't find it. But I remember him talking about how there was X-Men 2 and then there was X-Men 2.1. And it, that was the rated R version. Oh, the director's cut or, or the unrated Yeah, and he, yeah. of course, he was like, I've seen them both and we own them. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like, that's, like, this new kid is unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, that's that's my first, that's my first, I think, um, understanding of X-Men was yeah. that interaction with Shane and and maybe it wasn't even the advertising. I think it was just the poster to the movie that was on the the lunchbox that kind of made me be like, that seems mm-hmm. like intense, mm-hmm. like too much for me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, nice. That's all. Yeah. Um, should we jump into the movie? Yeah. You got? Any, uh, we did actors. Yeah. You got anything else? What would I have? I don't know. Mm, I got nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, so once again, this movie starts with crazy effects, and it's like somehow worse than the first movie, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, I liked it better, but I can't define why. I know we're only on movie two, but I can't wait to find out. <laughs> I hit my elbow on the desk. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Go I ahead. I can't wait to find out out of all these movies how many times they explain to us what a mutant is. Like as narration, yes. Because I I would imagine all of them to some degree. Explain because we but. we got it at the beginning of the first movie, we got it at the end of this movie, but we also still have um, Xavier narrating stuff, which I think yeah. is kind of similar at the beginning of this movie. Right, we get it. Yeah. We know what they are. I I know it's it's very strange, and it's probably. I mean, hey, this speaks to the quality of the movie. This is the worst part of the movie for me. From here wow. on out, it just goes. Okay. And guess what they do? 
they tell Halle Berry, drop the bad accent. They do. Great choice. Yeah. Um, what's her face? Uh, Rogue. Yeah. Is still doing kind of an accent, but kind of not. I feel like she not. actually is not given enough lines to do the full accent. Which is like, thank goodness. But then we have what I would put up as probably top 10 comic book scenes in a movie ever, probably. This scene with Nightcrawler breaking into the White House. Yes. It's incredible. Uh, he's a teleporter, and of course he he bamps. What does that mean? That's the that's the onomatopoeia they write in the comic that books for, for teleportation. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Um, and I was trying to listen, and I was like, I think I, I'm. Tr- I was trying to think of like how much time they probably spent trying to make a sound that uh-huh. sounded like bamf. Yeah. Um, I think they could have gone a little more, but a little more bamf with yeah. it. But it was cool, and and he disintegrates into like a blue dust yeah cloud that's left there and it smells like brimstone they don't mention that in the movies what? but it really? does yeah dang this character rocks yeah so everybody kind of are there any nightcrawler solo comic books i'm sure there are man he's cool he's very cool um but yeah the brimstone match with what he does and what he looks like it, it causes like people who don't know him to think he's like some sort of devil and so that's well, that part of that makes sense. Yeah. That, that's part of the interesting irony too where he's like people think I'm a devil but I'm a catholic. I'm a devout catholic. Man, this is one of the most complex characters Marvel's ever created he's, in my opinion. He's amazing. I I yeah. love Nightcrawler. Man, he looks so I just cannot get over how cool he looks. And he does have like a uh what I don't know what it's called but his tail is like not it's not has like um spiked at the end. Yeah, which also looks which like is very a devil. devil-like. Yeah. And he has cloven feet. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're cloven. Or, or not cloven, but it's like but they're, they're like giant mo- like toe Monster things. feet. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, awesome. He's so cool. I hope. I, I don't know if he's in the future movies. He's I mean, in. I, um, I think he's in the next one. Right. Um, but I mean, like oh. when they do the new X-Men movies, I don't know if he's in it. I don't know either. Obviously, I, I wouldn't is, know. Though. I wouldn't know because I haven't seen them, but. I, th- I think I always thought that he was, but I think I just kept seeing the Beast character on covers of movies and for the longest time thought that was Nightcrawler. Like a redesign or something? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so this sequence is just really incredible, and and I think the special effects like absolutely hold up to oh, today. Oh, totally. And, and you're having like wide slow motion shots mm-hmm. where he's bamfing all over the room and and appearing, and and, you know, I don't know how they did that. Because you're making, like, a seamless shot that clearly has, like, you know, 30 shots in one shot. I know. And it it looks amazing. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, holy cow. Yeah. I mean, as far as X-Men movies, of of the ones I've seen, I don't think any of them have a scene that's even close to this cool. But what is that? We were talking about it with this movie. I feel like we were. Maybe it was another movie. But whenever you have such a strong opening scene such as this one in a movie, it, it sometimes can uh, put you at a disadvantage for the rest of the movie. That is true. Yeah. We were talking about that in Puss in Boots because oh, I, right. I thought the opening to that movie was so, so strong, and then it never, to me, never reached those heights again. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's a really good movie. It's yeah. fun. Um, uh, but yeah, so this one opens so, like that, and he attacks the president. He's about to stab him. Yeah. And then he gets shot, so he runs away. Yeah, and this, the, he, he see, he, like, he drops the knife and it has a little flag connected to it that says uh, "Mutant Freedom Now." Yeah, or, or something like that. Um, yeah, Mutant Freedom Now. And then we see Wolverine walking around up in Canada. 
Okay. And he's trying to... Trying to discover himself. Discover his past. Yeah. And he's looking around in the snow. It's just ruins, so his it's exploration ruined. does not last long. And and we, you wanted to track Wolverine's hair to see if it gets tamer, and it's it got, a little crazier It's a in this little one. bit zanier in this movie. So I don't know... If, I mean, this is the I think it'll calm movie. down. I don't know. I like it, but yeah. I it is it's just interesting because very quick, very quickly we get into super, like hyper realism with superhero movies. Yeah, even though this isn't a, a MCU, you franchise. know what? I am actually remembering him. He's in a quick cameo in X Men First Class, and I can see him, and his hair is crazy in it too. Cool. I think they keep it all the way except maybe Logan, which is you know he's an old man. Yeah. I think he has a different haircut. That's kind of different to I, me. I doubt it's that different, though. Like, I'm sure it's it's the the echoes of what it was. Yeah, the echoes of what it was. Hmm. Uh-huh. Very poetic, Jordan. Um, and so then, let's see. This is tough to to, to review my notes here. I mentioned that um, well, S- Storm drops the accent. And then I wrote, Gene's powers are starting to get out of control. Oh, we're at the museum with all the children. Yeah. So the children of the youngster school are on a field trip at the Natural History Museum. Yeah. Um, and they, I don't, I, yeah. So I, I guess Gene's powers are going nuts. That's yeah. what's happening. I, oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So she's standing there and she's hearing like everyone's conversation in the so museum. So it's like she can't control it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. Now I I know popular popular opinion is that they do not do the comics justice of the Phoenix Dark Dark Phoenix storyline. But as far as what I remember and and what this movie does, I'm just going to talk about this movie. I think they're setting it up so well. Okay. Because she's starting to have her powers go crazy a little bit. We're having scenes like this and then the scene where she like makes the missile go away where she's exerting a ton of power. And then she's kind of like consumed by the power at the end of the movie. As so is there well something that. that like awakens within her? Yeah, in, in the comics, sh- she gets you know in like a there's like a cosmic storm or something that that the whole group crew is like uh, uh, bathed in. I but I think they're all safe. But she's like outside of the ship. She gets bathed in it, and then instead of dying, it gives her this like renewed power. Whoa! But um, I th- I so can't- it's, it is it does become uncontrollable. Absolutely, yeah. And then she, I can't remember how she dies, but they're forced to either kill her or she dies because she's... But does she come back in the comics because she's Phoenix? She does. But uh, actually, when I was reading them last, uh, and and I think according to Chris Claremont, he never wanted to bring her back. Oh, interesting. Because I I think she dies, comes back as the Phoenix. Oh. And then they have to kill her. Yeah. Or she gets killed. And then I think Chris Claremont was like, that's it. But then, like, you know. Popular demand. Like, 10 back. years later or whatever, they brought her back. Oh, which, okay. you know, no character in comics actually dies. Yeah. Um, well, Goonies never say it. They why never say comics? it. And that's why they read comics all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so her powers are starting to go crazy. They're at the museum. And then. Um, she, is it here or later where she has, like, this overwhelming sense of doom? It might be here. Okay. I kind of threw out. I think she has a couple and comments like between that. the first and the second movie off screen, her and uh, James Marsden get married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I never remember. I didn't remember that happening. I didn't until the scene where she was like, I'm married now or something like that to Wolverine. Like that's why like, I married him or oh, something. Okay. 
Yeah. But not but that they need to show us that. It's then fine. we see Ice Dude, Pyro, and Rogue. Rogue at the food court, and these two jabrones are talking to them, um, like antagonizing them. They want the guy's lighter, and he won't give it to them. I don't really understand it, but they're teenagers, and nothing ever makes yeah. sense. That's well, actually that's maybe the worst scene because it's like. You're setting up this dynamic where a guy's like, hey, I want to smoke. And Pyro's like, no way, man. You're like, I don't know. Just let him smoke, dude. Just <laughs> light a cigarette. And yeah. then he lights the cigarette. And then uh, uh, Pyro, like, makes it flame. Pretty Like, the flame kind of explode while he's holding it. And then Iceman shoots a, shoots some ice at him to save him. The I think the casting is not great on Pyro. No. I don't like that performance. I, I get what they're doing. Uh, story wise, and he's I, a little I like, too smart. I like that he yeah. switches sides. I think that's cool to see someone do that, but not a fan of the performance. Yeah, I, I think he needs he needs like twenty percent less smarmy. Yeah, and then I think it would work. Yeah, but it also feels like oh, this is a two thousand three I mean, performance, like a product of its time or something. Yeah, but yeah, so he he the guy lights his cigarette and then Pyro. Like, yeah, the guy catches on fire. Ice Dude. What's the Ice Dude's name? Bobby Drake. No, but, like, what's his name? Iceman. For real? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Real original on Iceman (laughs) and Pyro. Um, So they... He he gets the flame out, and then everyone freezes in the museum. Um, And it it happens... Dr. Xavier freezes time? He freezes everybody, not time. How does that work? It's because of his... Uh, Mind control? Yeah. So he's controlling their brains and they're just all paused. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't think time is frozen. Okay. Because, um, you know, he doesn't want to get found out. But but it is kind of interesting... Find out it, what? That, that there's mutants around. Oh, okay. Oh, so, because this incident happened. So he's pausing it and then they all get out of there. Yeah. Um, And then... He, okay. We're introduced to Brian Cox as Striker. Man, I did not remember Brian Cox being in this movie. I didn't either. I got excited and scared. And then uh, I like him in this. I Yeah, I thought he was good. Thought he was good. I Lo- love the villain motivation storyline. All of it was great. Yeah, so his his whole thing is, you know, he's trying to shut down the mutants, but he had previously like we'll find out later that he had um a mutant son that Dr. Xavier yeah. failed to help. Yeah, so he has this motivation of like revenge basically. I want to take him take them all out and he wants to use he wants Cerebro. To do genocide. Yeah. Xenocide, maybe. Yeah. He wants to use Cerebro to like kill all of them. Yeah. And trick them and then he also experimented and created Wolverine. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Man, that's an interesting conflicting like bad guy thing yeah well i think later in the movie someone's like for someone who hates mutants you sure surround yourself with a lot of them yeah yeah i think uh, xavier tells him that actually i think it's magneto oh okay but but it might be xavier i i, I just that sounds like something more that magneto would say oh okay but but no i think xavier says it because he knows that that girl is uh an x-men oh yeah he can tell You're right yeah i want to remember what her name is but um, then Wolverine comes back to the cat the the school, and then I said we see Striker in Magneto's cage. Yeah, we Striker's Striker company like made the what's prison. What's a Striker? 
That is the name of Brian Cox's character. That's his oh, last name. Oh, okay. Man, this is tough for me. <laughs> I, it's so many character names. And we just recorded an episode on Avatar. Yeah. So it's it can be tough. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they his company, like, made the plastic cage for Magneto. Who is his company? Yeah. I thought he just, okay, yeah. Or, or whatever. whatever. I, just, um, I wasn't clear on what his uh, role in the government was. Yeah, I mean, because because when he like went to the president, the president's like, "I thought you were coming to me to talk about <laughs> our like education reform," but maybe that was a joke. That was probably a joke. Oh, okay. I kind of got more of the idea that he's like a black arms dealer kind of guy. But he okay, but you know what I mean. Let's not analyze it too much. I, I don't remember, but we may have just missed it. But uh, anyway, he he has like this liquid stuff that he puts on people that, on that, mutants that subdue their powers. Yes, exactly. Um. And then meanwhile, Xavier is trying to find Nightcrawler on Cerebro. Yes. But he, of course he's teleporting And that, that's everywhere. when they hint, because he's having a hard time finding him, and Wolverine's in there with him. And he's, you know, he's Wolverine's pretty much like, can't you try harder? And then uh, Xavier says, not if I want to kill him. Yeah. So they, they hint the how dangerous Cerebro is. Yeah, yeah. Nice little hint. Yeah. Pay off later. Um, but eventually they do find him. Yeah. Am I jumping too far ahead? No, no. I feel you're... like he finds him in the scene. Yeah, no, you're good. And he commission not commissions, he gets um <laughs> <laughs> he gets a storm and Jean what's Jean Green's name? Oh, I guess Phoenix. Yeah. But what's her name before Phoenix? Captain or Miss Marvel, I mean. Or something oh something Marvel. okay she's jean gray yeah so they, he gets them to i'll look it up to make sure i think we actually looked it up last episode but i'm gonna do it again <laughs> okay go ahead oh man so we get to them two to go to his location and question him get him bring him back um marvel girl oh gosh okay no, but, okay but you got to think about it like this they're making so many comics in the 60s. No, I know, I know, but I can make fun of the names. I can yeah. I cannot like them. But I mean, they used to call her the they invisible named girl as Ice well. Man. So it was a while before they started calling them women, which is, you know, that's where the oh, yeah. subtle sexism re reaches in, but yeah. Okay, so but while they're doing that, so <laughs> by this time Wolverine comes back from his which I journey. What? I mentioned Wolverine's back so you can skip oh, that. Oh, well they tell him to babysit. Right. And he meets uh, Rogue's BF, Iceman. Yeah. He's cool. And he, it, it's, it's a, it's a fun, like, Iceman is, like, jealous of, well, no, he is. He is jealous of Wolverine. But I don't think it's in a, like, um, because of his girlfriend. Like, like, I don't think that he and Rogue have any kind of, like, love connection because it's an obvious father. Yeah, yeah. Uh, daughter connection. But he, but he's obviously very, like, jealous of Wolverine, I think, I because of how she, how much she cares about him and loves him. Um, yeah. But I, I do like, I do like their moment. So, like, it's in the middle of the night. Okay, so here's a question. <laughs> I, yeah, got, yeah. I got lots of comments. Yeah, questions. let's go. So, it's the middle of the night. Wolverine wakes up because he's having bad dreams uh -huh. about his past. Yeah. So he goes downstairs and there's a kid watching TV and he's like, can't sleep. And the kid said, I don't sleep. Yeah. Who is that character? I don't know. Oh, okay. I just want to know if that, <laughs> is that his mutant ability? He just doesn't need to sleep. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and then some of the mutant abilities aren't as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then he goes to the, the kitchen and Iceman's there. Probably eating ice cream. What else is Iceman doing but eating something cold? Yeah. Um, I do like when Wolverine, you know, they kind of have that moment. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, you know, you're a cool guy. I'm a cool guy. Let's be friends, basically. Yeah. 
and uh, Wolverine's like, are there any beer? And he's like, it's a school for kids. Yeah. And then he goes and he finds a, a a bottle of Dr. Pepper and he holds it out to him. And then Iceman makes it cold, touches it and makes it cold. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And then we learned that Iceman's parents, I hate that we're calling him Iceman, but his, Bobby Drake, if you, <laughs> if you prefer his, I just hate that name. It's just so obvious. Bobby Drake. Nope. Okay, um, but, but the uh, look Jordan just gave me, folks. I so we learned that his parents just think that he's at a prep school, so they don't know that he's a mutant. Yeah. So that's interesting. Of course, it makes me think like, how many of these kids' parents? Yeah. Know that they're mutants or not? Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll explore it in this movie for Bobby Drake. Probably not. <laughs> um. But yeah, they're they're having their moment, and then um, they're while they're while that's happening. They're being broke. They're, the house is being broken into. Yeah, by Brian Cox's crew. Yeah, and Wolverine gets some good action sequences. He in does. This. And and seeing him like really angry, really stabbing these guys. It it's no wonder that people like just absolutely love Wolverine oh. and and Hugh Jackman as yeah. Wolverine. The the first guy that he has an encounter with is at the fridge. And yeah. he his claws go out into the guy's sides. Yeah. And that guy's scream is so good. <laughs> let's let's yeah. use that as a uh what a foley? Not foley. Oh, oh, as um, as the as the uh oh as oh, like the like let's let's Wilhelm scream. Like a Wilhelm that. scream thing. <laughs> it was just a great scream. Well, and, and now would be a good time for me to uh suggest for any of you people who like to read comics, there's a pretty fun short series called Wolverine uh Red. Red, white, and or red, white, no, red, white, and blood. I think it's I, I, yeah, something like that. It's it's just three colors, and the 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 colors are black. I think it's black, blue, and red. I think is what it's called. And I think it's like five or six issues, and they're like you know missions, like previous missions that oh cool. haven't been recorded, like little you know? side things. But what's really really striking is the artists only use white red and black so the the comic just reads really interesting and then they're really really violent yeah and there's a ton of blood and stuff but like the way it's all set up it's just really really gorgeous yeah so they're it's a very fun read highly recommend if you like wolverine or x-men it's a great series yeah and they're pretty new i mean i think they came out in 2020 so oh okay it's it's pretty new stuff but I, I I like when they do something weird like that. Yeah, I was just reading a uh, a Hawkeye comic the other night, and um, it was all from the perspective of Lucky the pizza dog. Oh, cool! And so he was going around and like when people were talking, he would only understand like two or three words, <laughs> and then he was trying to sniff stuff, and it would show like all the things he understands when he's <laughs> sniffing. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. It actually, I had to like read the comic pretty slow because I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, yeah. I had to like assimilate myself to it. Um, yeah. So, it, yeah, the raid on the house, great action. And again, we're seeing like this character does this, this character does that. We see Kitty Pride go through the walls. Cool. Okay. We see, we see Colossus. Scre- Colossus. We see Screaming Girl. Yeah, I don't know who that is. She just screamed and everyone freaked out for yeah. a minute. Yeah, and like as they're escaping, Bobby Drake, or as you like to call him, Iceman, yeah. he uh, shoots up a wall of frozen... Some would call it ice. Ice, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really couldn't find the word there. Uh, to which Stryker frozen just... Frozen ice. <laughs> <laughs> frozen water. 
he sets up uh, a bomb, blows it up. But by then they're like in the tunnels but, or whatever. But uh, Wolverine doesn't want hit. He's he's like screaming, "No, don't do it!" Be- because right before that, Brian Cox is like, "You don't remember me." I oh, think yeah. after all this time, you'd like remember me. And you see like his shadow walk up. So it's like this blurry look at this man who has the link to his past. Yeah. So all of that, I mean, this whole sequence is just great. Yeah. The raid on on X Mansion, A+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Love it. Meanwhile, earlier, Mystique had broken into Stryker's office, and she discovers that they're reverse yeah. engineering Cerebro, not reverse engineering, but making it so that they can kill all the mutants. Yeah. Now, what was really funny about this scene is she, she looks at the plans for Cerebro and it says Cerebro one. And then she clicks like enter or something. And then it shows Cerebro two. And the only difference is the white panels now have grates in them. And it shows it like shift to that. And it, and the way it sets it up, it's like, are we supposed to know that that's dramatic? Classic early 2000s computer stuff. That's like, you're really not supposed to think about. Yeah. It's always so funny. Well, and she's kind of like she prints out everything that she needs. Got it. <laughs> and leaves. And I, I, it's just funny too. And I know at early two thousands, it wait, makes it's sense. funny that okay. Wait, this should, this is also showing you how early this movie is. She doesn't. I mean, I'm sure thumb drives were a thing by early two thousands, but yeah. she prints them out. She doesn't put them on a thumb thumb drive. Yeah. She is this woman is carrying around. A stack copies, of papers. hard copies, yeah. Hard copies of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Um I, I yeah, it's it's just it's it's funny too. I and I think this is still happening today. You watch a movie and when people are on the computer, it still makes weird like like weird laser sounds and stuff. And it's like I don't think we have to do that anymore. I I think it's just so inbred to. Inbred. Well, it's like when someone drinks a drink and it, it's the out of the straw, <sighs> yeah. and it, they just got the drink from the concession stand, but yet it's empty. Yeah, it, it's like Pavlov's dog or something. Like we have to like it's it's the it's the that. microphone feedback thing. Yeah, where where and it's like I I don't think when someone types on a computer you have to add. What was the interesting thing that they said on the Sunny podcast a long time ago? Uh, because they were talking about the microphone feedback and the straw thing. Yeah. And they also were talking about, oh, yeah, they were talking about um, paper bags. Yeah. Where, like, there was a time, like, they were going to use a paper bag for, you know, a prop. And they're like, okay, well, here's this one. It's like an actual paper bag prop bag. And they're, like, touching it and using it. And it is not a pa- a brown paper bag. Yeah. It was, like... Someone made a brown paper bag, <laughs> but it's not made out of paper. Yeah. But no one will know. And I remember Rob I, was just like, what? Just go get a brown paper bag. <laughs> yeah. I'll go get Because I one. think it was more expensive, too. Yeah, it was. It made no... It was so counterintuitive. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine... Because I don't think they said this, but I would imagine like brown paper bags can be really loud. So yeah. this bag probably doesn't make sound. Yeah. But at the same time, I think they mentioned like we we were capturing the sound on the set. We were we didn't need to do like an overdub of it. So yeah, yeah it's it, it's funny hearing them talk about their show because they they were such outsiders and they really like made it happen for themselves. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those things, like if they were sitting down to 
make a movie where people are typing on the computer, they probably wouldn't even think to add those sounds because they're not in the Hollywood Unless they're making stream. fun of it, right. which is something they would have definitely do. Yeah. But in the early 2000s, you have to have those sound effects. Yeah. Come on. Um, and so also Ang- uh, uh, Storm and uh, 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 Jean. Uh, Marvel Girl, uh, <laughs> they find Kurt at the in like a, in cathedral. In an abandoned cathedral. Uh-huh. And um, takes him a bit to find him. And when they do, they, they're like, they well, they hurt him. Well, she Storm <laughs> conjures a storm. <laughs> To subdue him. Yeah. So they're, they got him. They're, they're helping him, making sure he has no injuries. And they see that circle on the back of his neck. And it's not like, uh, consistent with the rest of the marks on his body. Yeah. So they're like curious on what that is, which to us is like, oh, Brian Cox got to this guy. Yeah. Oh, that attack on the White House probably wasn't. Cause like later on. He says he doesn't remember going to the White House. Doesn't remember. So he was, um, what? Coerced? I think he was like, well, I think his son, Jason, probably... Oh, controlled his mind. Controlled his mind, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all that's cool. They get they get Nightcrawler. Xavier goes to Magneto, and Magneto and him talk, and he's like, what have you told Stryker? And Stryker says, I told... Or Magneto, Magneto says, says, I told him everything. But he was like... He had that serum in him. Yeah, I, I didn't get the impression that he wanted to tell him No, me anything. neither. He he was forced to. Yeah. Um, Once again, you know, both these guys doing a great job in these movies. Yeah. We don't deserve to but have them But that's when um, Magne- or, uh, Xavier gets kidnapped by Stryker. Yes. Yes. Um, And then back to the X-Mansion when they're escaping, they get Cyclops' car. And they turn on the radio, and it's Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Which seemed like a pretty obvious joke, but we'll take it. Because, um, you know, it's like, wow, Cyclops listens to Backstreet Boys. Wolverine's like, ugh. I mean, he would. <laughs> then he gets this weird X phone that takes him a good 15 to 20 minutes of yeah, the movie yeah, yeah, to figure yeah. out what it is. Yeah. Um, and then they, they drive to Boston, where Bobby Drake's parents are, yeah. to, to cool down. Right, which when you're when you're with Iceman, you're gonna get cool. Yes. Um, talk to me, Goose. Iceman. We're back to Maverick. Okay. Top Gun. Okay. Uh, so when they're there, Rogue and Bobby are like, "Let's kiss," and they finally kiss, and it goes okay. He just has to like use his powers a little bit to keep things at bay. He does. And then she like he, he uses his powers. Well, I think he like blows some cold air to kind of. Oh, no, he doesn't. She takes it from him. Yeah, I guess you're right. I think but, it but would actually like, be worse for him if he used his powers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, but then it gets a little too hot and heavy. Yeah. For him. A good scene. Yep. Uh, and then... Is it the next movie something horrific happens with her? I don't remember her in any of the movies except for X-Men 1. Okay. So... Okay. Uh, but she's, I'm sure she's in it. Why would she not be? Yeah. Has True Blood started yet? Oh, gosh. I she for- was like the star, right? Isn't she I, the main character? I mean, I've never seen it, but I do know that she's in it. Is that the show that um, Skarsgård's in? I think I He's think in maybe. one of those vampire shows. He's not in Vampire Diaries, is he? He's in one of those. Maybe he's in both. I don't know. He's got the vampire build, I guess. I mean, True Blood was like a Showtime mature show, so that would yeah, make... Yeah, they had sex in that show. Yeah. 
I remember my sister watching it and walking into a room, and I was pretty young, and I was like, whoa, that is a crazy show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so then Mystique goes to a bar, and we see Hank McCoy, Beast, on the news, and she starts telling this guy, yo, what up, let's do it, sexually, is what she's referring to. And so they, to the security guard that works at Magneto's yeah. uh, cell. And so the, she goes into the bathroom stall, and he's like, isn't this a little dirty? And she's like, don't you like dirty? Come on. And then she knocks him out and injects him. Now, what I thought was going to happen is that she's a shapeshifter. She would just go as the security guard the next day and break out Magneto. Yeah. Um, but this way looks way cooler and it's more fun. But I guess it wouldn't work that way because that they're scanned before going into Magneto's cell. I think they're scanning specifically for iron. Metal. metal. Yeah. But don't you think they're also scanning for mutants? Or no, they're well, not. Well, I, I guess if she got in there, then she wouldn't be able to do anything because she couldn't break him out. Yeah. So I guess it does make sense. But anyway, she injected a ton of iron in his blood. So he goes to Magneto, and Magneto goes, there's something different about you. And then he proceeds to pull out all of the iron in his blood. Yeah, nuts. Gross. It's gross. And form it into a small ball, and then he breaks out of the cell. I love this. I think that's so inventive and cool. Yeah, it's cool. And it's kind of like the last thing you would expect for a breakout. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Sorry, kids. That's cool. (laughs) This ain't your daddy's X-Men movie, okay? <laughs> Actually, it is. <laughs> um, and then we're back to Bobby's house. So his parents come home. Yeah. His family comes home, and they're freaking out because they're like, this guy's your professor, but he looks like a Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tells them he's a mutant. Now, yeah. this is where I feel like the the allegory for being gay like really hits. Yeah. More, more like the last movie felt a little more like maybe a maybe a people group. Like y- you could find more of a racial allegory, especially because of the beginning of that movie. Yeah, but even especially there's the line where she's like, "Have you tried just not being a mutant?" Yeah. So it feels like this movie's tapping into that more. Um, yeah. So because by this yeah. time, uh, especially I don't know. I feel like the because through the news <laughs> and basically propaganda, it, it is very like mutants are very scary and they're very dangerous. Yeah. So his parents are scared of mutants, yeah. and they find out that their son is a mutant, and so they're immediately untrusting of him and everyone else in there, and they feel like they're held hostage immediately. And uh, Bobby Drake's brother uh, goes upstairs and calls the police. Yeah. While they're there, um, yeah, I, I thought that was sad. Yeah. Um, and then the police show up, and they all come outside. Yeah, this was funny. So they're in Boston. Oh, oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. The I I just think that the one police officer, man, he was trying his best, but it's like he he didn't he had one line. You didn't have to put a Boston accent on it. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it's it pretty hard. Yeah, I can't remember what he said. Park the car in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they're all standing there, and they're like, Wolverine's got his claws out, and they're like, put put the knives away, put the knives away, and he's like, I can't. Then they shoot him in the head, and he falls over. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I remember this being in the third movie, but um. Standing there, and then Pyro is just standing there, and then he shoots a fireball at the police, and he, kept, he like makes a choice. Yeah, to um, like he he's basically he's done being outcasted, uh-huh. and 
letting, I don't know, people who aren't mutants tell him what to do. Yeah. So he takes control into his own hands via fire. And and I had read that um, the cinematographer and a stuntman almost died during this sequence. It looked, I mean, it looked really intense, this yeah. scene. So, um, yeah, I guess it was a nice set to work on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so so all of this stuff is happening. They're like blowing up the police stuff. I think the action's really clear and cool. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like powers are being worked the way they need to be worked. And I like how Rogue, uh, to get Pyro to stop because he's going to do irrevocable, is that the right word? Yeah. Damage. She touches him to yeah. get him to stop. Awesome. Yeah. And then we it's see It's cool the to bullet. see her use her powers in a positive, in like an intentionally positive yes. way. Yes. And we see the bullet fall out, like heal out of Wolverine and he gets up. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And then um, <sighs> Storm and Jean show up in the jet just in the nick of time. Yeah. And they go. Hi, I'm Nick. Of, I'm Nick of Time, and you're list, you're watching Nickelodeon. Hmm. Could that be? Is that a bit? No. Oh, okay. Um, and so now there's like all these missiles chasing them, and there's just like tornado jet flight. It looks exactly well, as good as Storm, Top Gun Maverick. Storms started the tornadoes. Yeah, it looks just as good. <laughs> there are two. There are two pilots chasing them and uh, demanding that they land. Um, yeah. but they're not going to do that. So that's when Storm brings out all those tornadoes. And then two, one of the, the jets fires two missiles, so now they're outrunning those, and that's when Jean... She's able to stop one missile, but not the second missile. Yeah. Well, and I feel like she stops it, like, at impact. Like, I feel like it would have done yeah. worse damage. But yeah. maybe I'm wrong. And she, so she's like... And that's when we're seeing the the powers are kind of like... And her eyes light up kind of like fire, you know? Like yeah. Like the phoenix. So, um, yeah, she she's kind of losing control but gaining control like mm-hmm. gaining more power and having less control over it that's mm-hmm. what i mean to say and then rogue flies out of the airplane because they blew up the back half and then nightcrawler teleports grabs her teleports back in cool again this is cool stuff yeah uh and then um by the way i'm just not realizing this uh james marsden had nothing to do in this movie they they subdued him like yeah so early on yeah. And he's kidnapped most of the movie. Who kidnaps him? Brian Cox, because oh, he, yeah. he goes to Magneto with a, Professor X. Oh, yeah. He doesn't get saved until, like, well into Act 3. You're right. But around while this is all happening, Xavier is in Canada where... <laughs> X for X Men was where Wolverine was. Yeah, uh, Wolverine, a little dumb in his investigation skills. He goes there and he's like, "It's just a bunch of ruins. I'll go home." And then someone says, "You, yeah. didn't, you didn't think to look underground? It's a fortress." Well, so, it's weird because when they land, too, they immediately like walk in. I know he didn't ask for help. It's like maybe we just shouldn't have shown Wolverine at the beginning of the movie looking for this. That was a little dumb because he's not very smart. <laughs> he's dumb, um, and he has that nose. He would have smelled that like people are around. Nose. He can like track stuff like an animal. Like, wait a second. A like a like a bloodhound. Ha- oh no, Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Professor X is in the bunker of this fortress where Brian Cox has him and Brian Cox's son is still alive. He's lobotomized him. So he's completely defenseless can only do what his father like commands him to do. And what his son, I thought this was a pretty cool scene. So he's 
telling Professor X, like, you know, you failed with my son uh-huh. and you sent him back to us. And it sounded like his son was pretty uh, scary. Like he was yeah. starting to control his parents' minds. Yeah. And like put destructive thoughts into their brains to the point where his mom took a drill to her head to try and get the thoughts out. Like that's, that's dark. Yeah. Yeah. And so his, Brian Cox's, um, solution to that was to lobotomize his son, but he still uses his son's mutant powers. So he's going to use his son to force professor X to use Cerebro for Brian Cox's wishes. Yeah. I'm, I'm remembering as you're talking about that. I, I believe I've read, uh, about this character. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think I have. And and it's not very helpful because I don't remember what he did. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's cool. He wow, was cool. Wow, that's so interesting. He was cool. I can't yeah. believe you told us all I, of it. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have brought it up because I thought I'd have something more clear. But we're gonna blow past it. Let's just stick to the movie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it, so all of this is is really cool. I, I like how they're showing him manipulating Charles. And and I like that he like you talked about he doesn't have like his hands out or anything he's just sitting there Jason oh, like just brain dead basically just staring at him and it it looks very like uh oh something's wrong yeah and so now the team knows they have to team up with Magneto yep um to take out Striker and now it's let's attack this base right yep uh, yeah. Mystique continues to be the MVP in my opinion. Uh, nothing gets cool. done without her uh, because the first thing what she has to do as soon as they get there is she barricades herself in the like security room, the computer room yeah, and finding out where professor X is, mm-hmm. but she's also, Oh, she's finding out where Cerebro is. Yeah. Um, within this thing. Um, and without that, we got S <laughs> that's true. I, I also forgot to mention in the scene before, uh, Jean and Wolverine have a heart to heart. Oh yeah. Basically like, we can't be together. You know, that's how it is. Okay. Just what? get over it. And yeah. then Gene walks into his tent and she's like, I can't resist anymore. And then he realizes with his nose, he's like, wait, you're, you're not Gene. Why did Mystique come onto him? Well, see, this is what I kind of like is they're, they're hinting at this idea that Mystique is very lonely and alone. Okay. And, and so I think, uh, you know, it seems like because she is a master manipulator that she's doing it to get something out of him. But I kind of read the scene as like she just wants a connection with another person. But she doesn't know how to do that in her own form. Yeah. And so it's just because, you know, she says that thing where she's like, I can be anything you want me to be. Yeah. I like when Nightcrawler. So I, I think it's kind of a cool scene. I like in that part of the movie, um, Nightcrawler, who also looks just not even like a human, like Mystique, asks her, you could be, he says, you could be anyone you want. You could look any way you want. Why do you choose to be in your original form? Yeah. And she says, because I shouldn't have to be anyone else. Yeah. I should have only get to be myself. I liked that a lot, which is like yeah. Magneto's whole thing. Yeah. But then the irony is like, when she wants to connect with someone, she isn't herself. Yeah. So I, I think that seems really good. Mm-hmm. And um, we also find out that Nightcrawler has a tattoo for every sin he's committed. Yeah, it's but it's like angel markings. Yeah. And, man, I'll say it again, and I'll keep on saying it. 
Nightcrawler's cool. Nightcrawler is cool. I, I think I'm a little bit of a sucker. We're, we're pro Nightcrawler on this podcast. Can we can we say that you openly? Know, Micah, I think you know we don't agree on a lot of things in our marriage, but we don't. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> uh, but we can agree on that. Well, I think I'm a sucker for, uh, and I'm not Catholic, but anytime what? in movies when um. It, when a character is starting to recite the recite the Lord's Prayer in oh, moments, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Like later in this movie, in a, like the big climactic moment of this movie, he starts reciting the Lord's Prayer because he has to teleport where he hasn't been, which means he could like land on I'm a not wall even talking about or something that. like that. I'm talking about when Gene is trying is try is saving everybody. He's reciting. The oh Lord's yeah, prayer. I think it's the Lord's Prayer, but um, I, I I like it. Well, the the other scene I'm talking about when they're breaking in. The cerebro. Yeah, he 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 goes. Um, you know, the Lord's my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes you die. Yeah, or that's not the Lord's prayer. He he says, um, how, "How does it start?" I, I can never remember. Oh my gosh! Um, ha, oh my gosh! I'm a I'm a church going guy. I can't believe this. Let's Mike, look it up. Mike is screaming right now. Our pastor is listening to this, screaming at us. Wait, wait, wait! Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he says something like that, and then he teleports and he finishes it. And I thought that was cool because it's like in mid prayer he teleports. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's he's the best. So yeah, he take he takes storm. He takes storm. <laughs> you just sent your microphone flying. <laughs> he takes storm into Cerebro, um, and by that time, Xavier is pretty lost in the world yeah. that um, Jason has created. Um, where he is, Jason's take, taken the form of a little girl who seems to be a student at the youngster school. Yeah. And she's, she's like, can you show me how this works? Can you find every human? So he's using Cerebro at this point. He is locating every human on earth. And then he's going to order Xavier to kill every human. Yeah. Um, well, and then Storm and Nightcrawler are in there and Storm's trying to get Xavier back. She uses a storm. Oh no! When they get there, it's just the girl. Like, she, like the yeah. Jason's created all of this, so right. they don't even see Professor X, even though they know he's there. And the little girl is trying to uh, stall yeah. for time. And then they eventually get him. Yeah. But then I think Magneto tells Jason to kill all the humans. Yes. In Cerebro. Yes. And so he he starts doing that. And I actually don't remember. Oh yeah, sorry, how... mutants. I said humans before, but yeah. Well, but at first they're trying to kill all the mutants. That's what I said. Humans that time. Oh, I see. Um, and um, let's see. Gene and Scott fight, and then Gene and Scott fight. Yeah, I don't remember that. Well, that whatever. So by this time, Brian Cox is out, going to escape because his plans failed. Yeah. Wolverine catches up to him. Well, before that, Wolverine has a fight with that one girl who has the claws out of her Eureka, fingertips. Eureka, I think it's the character's name. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she And that's it, a good fight. It is. And she so she's a Wolverine more or less. Yeah, she's got adamantium bones. I, I think Brian Cox even claims that she is a superior version of him. Yeah. Cuz her she can heal herself too. Yeah, and that's a great moment when he gets her and then she heals and it's like, "Oh crap." Yeah. That yeah, that was a cool fight scene and it ends with him injecting more adamantium into her and i like that she just sinks right to the bottom of yeah the and you hear her go thing that she's in. yeah like and and then it's like coming out of her eyes and yeah. nose and mouth Ew. yeah zoinks um yeah yeah magneto redesigns the cerebro and then they're gonna kill all the humans um wolverine 
Carrie's kid all the way to a dying striker. Well, wow, you're oh. skipping a lot. Yeah, yeah. But sorry. Wolverine uh, <laughs> uh, ties Brian Cox. You gotta stop coughing. That's okay. You can cough. Um, he ties Brian Cox to a plane. He's not letting him leave. So Professor X is killing all the humans, which means Brian Cox is dying. And then yeah. Magneto sh- catches up to him and just kills him anyway. Right. No, he doesn't. No, no, he, he strings he, him up. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And then they get, they get Xavier. Yep. And then they're f- trying to fly away, but something happens that, like the dam breaks. Yeah, this this kind of falls under a category of I don't really understand how they couldn't have gotten in the air in time that Gene needed to save them. Yeah, I But I just it's a movie thing and I just have to let the story go. I think it made oh like the I think the engines flooded or something. Okay. And they and they needed like 10 minutes to get out. I there was something cuz I remember I it didn't bother me at all. Like okay. it totally made sense. Okay. Um but I can't remember what it was. Uh so yeah, they're trying to get away, and then Jean sacrifices herself to keep the plane flying and then keep her on the ground to block the water, and she gets covered in the water and, quote, dies, unquote. And um, then they fly away, and they're they're all very sad about Jean, and it's very nice and good, and then they go and they talk to the president. He's about to make a formal address and all of time stops again. Which, According to you, it's not time. You're right. Uh, Maybe it is time because I would think that the broadcast would, the broadcast would still be broadcasting them if it wasn't time. So I guess it has to be time. That's kind of weird. I don't know if he really has that power, but I guess in the movies maybe he, he does. did it on all of the United States. Uh, yeah, maybe does he have that power. I, I guess I would think he would need Cerebro to do that though. Anyway. Stop time. They tell the president, hey. They give him a file? Yeah, on Stryker. And oh. they're like, this is what happened, and this is why you were attacked and all that stuff. We're not going to attack you, but we strongly recommend that you maybe think twice about the mutants. Which is, it's interesting. I, I like it, but but it is like, that's pretty threatening. It is a threat, but it's more of like, we are here to stay and we demand rights. We re- we demand the same human rights. Yeah, but, but it's like, uh, okay. I mean, you could be signing your own warrant here. Um, and old uh, old president nameless, he he starts reading the the charges of Stryker when mm-hmm. they leave. Changes his address, and then we changes his address. Oh, he does. He does on broadcast start reading it. Or actually, no, we don't see. I think but he just it's, continues the broadcast. It's highly, you know, implied. Oh, okay. And then we see the camera flying over the water, and there's just strange shape that's forming in the yeah, water. Yeah, it kind of looks like wings of a bird. Huh? Mm-hmm. Like a f f f f Say it with me. Phoenix? <laughs> say it with me. Fe- I, I'm assuming the listeners are saying it with you. Oh, okay. Say it with me, listeners. Five, four, three, two, one. Phoenix? Anyway. Uh, and that's X2. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe, I feel like we've been talking for two hours, and it's an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I feel like we thoroughly covered it. How did we only go an hour and 15? I don't know. I feel like I forgot a lot of this movie. I feel like I was struggling the whole time. Yeah, but I think that our listeners are going to love it, and I had a good time. Did you, Jordan? Yeah. Well, let's tell them about some things. Okay. Number one with a bullet. 
two days ago, we released an episode on Patreon on a movie called Knives Out. Ever heard of it? So go over there. Sign up for $3. Let's get to it while you're at it. You just signed up and you go, what else can I do? Give us five stars on Apple and give us a rating, a review, and you don't even have to talk about anything. Just give us a review. It helps people find the show is what I'm told. And we've been stuck at ratings. Mm -hmm. Just stuck. Give us some ratings. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Then the number three thing you can do is you can head over to your text messages and you could send an episode to a friend and say, check out this great show. So thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Next week, it's X-Men The Last Stand. What do you think about that, Jack? Uh, I think I've seen this movie, but we'll know for sure. I think you've probably seen this and uh, Origins, probably. Yeah. So do do you have anything you need to plug or anything? How are you doing? When does this come out? It comes out uh, the first weekend of February. Um, or February, as a lot of people say. I don't know. I don't know yet. All right. Later in the year, I probably will about art stuff. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.